Thank you for listening to this talk produced by the Art Gallery of South Australia. It's my great pleasure that this afternoon the lunchtime talk is focusing on a real gem in the international art collection and, um, and that is a early portrait by Lucian Freud. Boy with White Scarf, uh, which is dated on our label as 1949. It's a really um, a great honour to be here in this gallery, Gallery 13, with our wonderful collection, uh, primarily of portraiture. And this talk today will focus on Lucian Freud and this, you know, very important small painting. Um, but I'll also bring in a discussion of Jericho and his head of a youth, which is high up on the wall there. And really, it's lovely to be in a room full of European portraits, um, which is really the, the context for Lucian Freud as an artist. And uh, he was an artist who drew so heavily on uh, the traditions of portraiture in um, European art. So Lucian Freud, um, just some uh, dates really to orient um, you, uh, was born in 1922 in um, Berlin and uh, he fled to England with his um, family uh, in, um, when he was 11 years old, really fleeing um, the rise of uh, Nazi, um, the Nazi uh, regime. And he was the grandson um, of Sigmund Freud. And uh, his father, Ernst, that is Lucian's father, Ernst, was an architect. And they um, migrated and um, found safety in London, where they were joined some years later um, by Sigmund. And it's always been interesting to me that um, in my readings on Lucian Freud, um, he never really um, made much of his heritage, that is his German heritage, often distancing himself from um, the legacy, say, of um, even German art. Um, and yet, when we look at his work and this early work, um, from when he was a young man of 27 or so, we see that he is drawing really heavily on um, the work of, of German art of the 20, early 20th century. So that'll form part of um, my talk today. So Lucian Freud, um, he died in, uh, nine, in 2011, so he had a long life. And if you are familiar with his work, and in fact, if you were fortunate enough to see the exhibition um, of his paintings in Sydney in the 1990s, I'm very jealous of you. I wish that I had traveled there and had seen that exhibition. Um, he is such an extraordinary painter. And really, again, we're so fortunate that we have this um, painting. And it really, I guess, is a reminder of how important it is for galleries to buy um, art by young artists. And, uh, and this purchase, made in 1950, just a year after the work was made, uh, was the first acquisition by a state museum of Lucian Freud's work. So it's really, um, was a very astute buy and the gallery purchased it on the advice of um, 
Sir Kenneth Clark, who was an advisor here, um, as many of you would know, um, to the collection. And he fulfilled that role. Um, he was based in London and um, from 1949 uh, to about 1953. And through his good eye and good advice, the um, collection here grew and includes some um, masterpieces. And this Lucian Freud painting is, all, is one of my favourite paintings. It's why I decided to give the talk today. It's, um, I've wondered, I guess I'm intrigued myself. Why, is, why am I so drawn to it? I can say that um, when I walk into this gallery, um, with so many competing portraits on the walls, my eye always comes this way. So is there something forceful in the presence of this work? And um, it's interesting to really consider, you know, what is it about this work that is so arresting? Portraiture as a, um, a field, uh, discipline, I find very uh, mixed. And by that I mean that I can visit a portrait gallery and find that I'm often very bored. I think, why is so much portraiture so disengaging? There is an element of flattery in official portraiture, and if any of you have looked at official portraits of um, deans, for example, that you often see in university halls, um, my eyes certainly glaze over. So, what is it about some portraits and some artists that work with the subject of portraiture that makes them not boring, in fact, that brings their subject to life? The adjectives that people use to analyse Freud's portraiture are interesting. They're ways of describing his painting. It's often described, especially the early work, and this belongs to his early period, of being uh, cold, uh, grave, that he gives a measured concentration to his subjects, that his, sub that his portraits are respectful, that he works with his models, and that's how Freud described it. He works with his models, not basing his portraits of them. It's a collaboration. That's how he would describe it. And there's an element also uh, of psychological, an element which being the grandson of Sigmund Freud, always uh, it's hard not to read his portraits in psychological terms. The writer Michael Kimmelman described his work as evasive, psychological, having a kind of evasive psychological inwardness, a sense of the otherness of objects and people, scrutinised like specimens under a hard, enveloping light. And there is an element, I think, in this work of uh, the boy with the white scarf, of that kind of light. Um, 
and the element of this scrutiny, almost as though he were looking at an insect under light. However, the making of the portrait, which Freud described often, was of him sitting knee to knee with his subject. So it's a work that is from life. It's made in the studio and that Freud often worked more primarily from people he knew. People he knew and people he liked. The process of making the portrait he described as one of intimacy. The intimacy of the exchange, that the portrait was a record of the exchange between the sitter and the artist, a record of what passed between him and that other person. And so who was this sitter? Well, um, the author of the catalogue Raisonne identified him as uh, Charlie Lumley. Who was, a pretty, who was a petty crim. And Freud um, met him, would you believe, when uh, Charlie and his brother were in the act of breaking into his studio. <laughs> so um, Freud was living in Paddington at the time, a working class area, and he befriended um, Charlie and his brothers. And uh, Charlie sat for... Um, for Lucian um, on a number of occasions from um, 19, about 1945 to 1956. And there's another um, painting of him from about 1951. This is him here. Yeah. And the one, the portrait that we have is from um, when Charlie would have been about 15 or 16. Um, and here he's slightly older. So, um, I've just often struck reading about Freud that he just, he liked people, lots of different kinds of people, not necessarily important people. And that's the, um, the kind of interest that he had in the other person, if he found them interesting, was all pervasive. And the kind of act of the portrait was a great um, giving over of himself to. Reading the um, Michael Kimmelman essay, um, which I can give you the reference to after the talk. Um, there's some really wonderful passages in this essay which um, really speak about Freud and his appreciation of other artists. And I found it very kind of interesting to think about who Freud was as an artist as he spoke about other artists. So, who did he admire and who didn't he admire? Well. He loved Rembrandt, and Rembrandt was an artist who really portrayed his uh, subjects with great honesty. It's great, though, he described, though, that 
What it was about Rembrandt as a portraitist that he admired was a feeling of uh, the act of portraiture for Rembrandt was about bringing us closer to the person, obviously, that was represented. Um, and he said, Freud said, you feel you are being privileged because Rembrandt is giving you an ennobling insight into the nature of people. I don't mean that he made the people seem virtuous, but I mean it is ennobling to be told something so truthful. And he can, Freud concedes that Rembrandt painted a lot of businessmen and businessmen were probably always fairly boring or uninteresting as people. And yet, it's the, what he's showing us, the ennobling aspect of painting, of showing people in their humanity. So I think about that, his love of um, Rembrandt. And he really, although he admired Vermeer, found Vermeer's paintings of people, say the milkmaid, to be studies in light. And so the person was part of a composition. The person was not important to Vermeer. So this kind of uh, thinking about Freud's, where he places the value of art. It's in the telling, in the bringing us closer to an actual person. And he, des he described liking people, seeing people as animals. And of course, when you think about his famous later portraits and nude paintings, they are of Big Sue or Lee Bowery, these really remarkable uh, figures, large, and the their physicality was what was important. And in fact, he, I think, brought a great deal of love to his work and, um, and not judge and no judgment, in fact. He also was a huge uh, fan of Jericho. And this is where I'm going to loop in to our study up high, study ahead of a youth. So Jericho, he, um, Lucian Freud admired Jericho, and in particular his um, portraits of the insane. And Jericho, you may know, created a series of about 10 portraits at the end of his life. Uh, in about 1821 to 1823. And Jericho died young. He was only, I think, 32. He died of the result of a riding accident and a, and a tuberculosis or some kind of condition that was exacerbated by this fall that he'd had, riding fall. And he was uh, in agony, had a very painful death and was in fact bedbound for a long time. The portraits of the insane were painted just, I think, before he had this fall. So in these last years, in his, he would have been uh, in his late 20s, early 30s, and he did them as paintings for his friend who was a psychiatrist. 
And here's one of those. Uh, this is a portrait of a kleptomaniac. It's in the It's in the collection in Ghent. It's Freud when he described his um, admiration for Jericho said. Uh, He said, they were the grandest series in the history of art and what draws me to them is that they nearly don't work. Everything is so dangerous. So there's this element of them just hanging in. You know, the paint on the canvas, just there. It's almost not there. And Jericho, of course, was the great romantic painter of the Raft of the Medusa. He had this bravura technique and our small painting up there is an example of that bravura too. It is a remarkable painting because we also know the circumstances of its making. We also know that it is made from life. So here, Lucian Freud working knee to knee with Charlie, and there is Jericho painting this head of a youth, and the account of its making has come down to us from the memoirs of the great 19th century uh, novelist Alexander Dumas. And Dumas, in his memoir, described visiting Jericho on his deathbed a week before he died. And he was with his friend, General Bro. And General Bro was a friend of Jericho's and Jericho was staying in his home. So they, General Bro invited Dumas to come with him. You must meet the great artist before he dies. And they entered his studio and Dumas accidentally stepped on an upturned canvas. And when he lifted it up and held it, he was holding this face. And he said, he said to Jericho, it is the face of a fallen angel. What is it doing on the floor? And Jericho laughed. He, uh, he said, you don't recognise who you're looking at. And he turned to General Bro and said, it is in fact your porter's son. He came and he said, he came into my studio the other day and I was so struck by the possibilities of his face that I asked him to sit for me and in 10 minutes I had done this study from him. So there is an account, how remarkable is that, of that painting and we know that it is that painting because it stayed in the family of General Bro, and the gallery acquired it from William Bowmore and William Bowmore bought it from the descendants of General Bro in Paris in the 80s. So I love the fact that Dumas saw this boy who was also a teenager as a fallen angel. And I like the idea that this fallen angel, who is this teenage boy, is a bit like Charlie here. 
who is also something of a fallen angel, and that, in fact, Lucian Freud and Jericho were both very tuned into the erotic element of painting portraits and that they found that erotic charge in their portraits of these teenage boys. I'll leave it there. Thank you. Are there any questions? Yes. The question is whether he had much to say about painting himself, and um, I don't know actually. I haven't read his accounts of painting of his self-portraiture. He was uh, famously reticent to talk about his own art, and hilariously, I found in the files a note from uh, the former curator Angus Trumbull when he wrote to Lucian Freud and sent him a postcard of this work and asked him if he could remember when it was painted, as it's not dated. Uh, Lucian Freud just wrote back, I don't like the painting. I don't like it much. But, and uh, so he was not one to share, um, I don't think, that much about, about the work. Yeah. Yeah. Well, thank you for your attention.